This is like really like a, Are we on? a niche We're on. podcast. Touche. <laughs> Ladies Touché. and gentlemen, guess who is in my apartment right now? It is Molly Pope. Hooray! Yes! yes. Everyone's losing own. their mind right now when they read underneath that said featuring Molly Pope or oh my god, Molly Pope or Molly Pope <laughs> is in my apartment or fuck everyone, click now, Molly Pope. Here you are. Hi, guys. Wait, why are you the only one wearing headphones? Because I am all things... We only have one jack. <laughs> I was going to say because I edit them and I <clears throat> control the... But Jeff's answer is... My, mine sounds very technical, but Jeff's answer is a little well, bit more. I can't really Plus see I'm if there are any other holes, but... I'm the one that, that edits and knows where, where we get kind of crazy. Oh, editing. Yeah. It's easy. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, I I met Molly. Molly, you and I met back. It was our hit parade. Do you know? No, I remember. I distinctly oh, I'm so excited. I was like, go, we're go, just going to talk go, about go, our go, go, go. I distinctly remember my first moment of experiencing you because it was so. It was the first our hit parade at Joe's Pub. Yes, and I did um, Let It Rock. I remember and you did circus, but I had never met Jen. I didn't know what you did, and I was standing backstage with my ex-husband, and I remember us just like looking at each other because we couldn't see you, and like I thought that everyone like who did the show was like, like <laughs> I can't was, like a really good singer. <laughs> it is fine. I have no problem. We were just like backstage, like what Mm-mm. is? I had no. no. I didn't. Because I didn't have a visual. Yeah. Um, no, non really good singers allowed. You wore a top hat? I had a top hat mm-hmm. and tails. Yeah. And I remember you going, circus. Screaming. Circus. <laughs> I did it Marilyn. I sang it and then did it Marilyn Manson style. Yeah. So th- I, that like distinctly recall my first like, <laughs> this is Jen Harris. You're like, oh, non singers allowed. <laughs> Girl. But it, uh, no, because the first one, I feel like the first one at the Zipper Factory, like, pretty much everybody, or everybody that I watched, well, no, Billy Eichner was there, but I didn't see Billy's number. Do you remember when Billy did Disturbia, but, like, as a Yiddish song? Like, I think so. <laughs> Disturbia. And that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the very, the very first one I didn't do was at the Zipper, and then all the rest of them for the next three years were at Joe's Pop. Except for the Highline. Right, the High, which was amazing. Right, yeah. I did Daryl Hall and John Oates. You did it twice at the Highline. Yeah, I did. I did it once at the Highline. You did, yeah. It was kind of fun. Because it was when the pub was being... Redone. Yeah. Revamped. Oh, that's like a... That's what I think about all the time. I feel like that's like a... Um, and yeah, I'm going to be douchey about it. Like a dividing line. Did you perform at Joe's Pub before the renovation? Ooh. Do you remember when you had to walk through the drink station to get backstage? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. When there was only like one bathroom to serve the entire yes. public theater. Oh God. <laughs> and you had to like go downstairs. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. yep. Yeah. And and they had that, that giant rehearsal room. For, yeah. And uh, that makeshift. Yeah. The backstage, that rehearsal room was the, was the backstage then, or was the dressing rooms. Right. And I remember that was the first time I met Kathleen Hanna, and I was just like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> oh, my God. It was amazing. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. I, and Molly and I... Uh, we would check in. And we would have a bond. Like, I was so happy to see you all the time. And we would have this bond where we would do a piece, and then after a piece, we'd be like, how'd it go? And you would say... So- 
you know, it it went. That right. like every response where you were like, it, I got an E for effort. Yeah, I got an, or you'd be like, I was amazing. It was amazing. I was amazing. Well, because or we you, were like, I mean, I don't like the word luck, but whatever. We were lucky enough to get to do that show. Yes. A but I think I did it like forty four times. Wow. And you know, like if you watch the video, some of them you're like, that is inspired, and some of them you're like, no, that. No, nope. you were scraping the bottom of the creative barrel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. So we would check in with each other and be like, "How did you do?" And I'd be like, "I was. It was amazing." Or you'd be like, "Bomb. Woo! I bombed, but I'm here, girl. I bombed, but I'm here. It was fun. Yeah, it was very supportive. It's the most supportive environment for just dirt creativity. Just like fucking try for just." In case any listeners don't know. Sorry, right? <laughs> Maybe you could just briefly explain what Our Hit Parade is. Sure. Or was. Our Hit Parade, the idea, uh, and I'm sure that um, I will hear if I've done explain this incorrectly. Uh, the idea came from uh, an old-timey show called Your Hit Parade that mm-hmm. I think was on like the from the 1930s to the 1950s. 50s, yeah. And every week the cast would have to perform the top 10 songs of the day but sort of reinterpret them. And it got... Or of the month, the top 10 songs of the month. Oh, right. I don't, I don't know that. Or but, whatever. But I know anyway. that like, I remember the whole thing about like, how much is that doggy in the window that was in the top 10 for forever. And they had to just keep doing it. Up with new ways to do it. <laughs> Genius. So our hit parade was, uh, like obviously the grandchild of that or the child of that where, I mean, they were very loose about what can constitute like a top 10 song. It was basically a countdown variety show. Sure. And the only rule was it needs to be in the top 10. And sometimes I would pick a song that was like 15 and they'd be like, sure, that's fine. Do that. Right. Or I'd be like, can I do this? I was like, can I do this one song? And Kenny was like, no, that's, I was like, but it's in the top 10 in electro music, like electronic music. And he was like, fine, fine. Like Jim Andrellis and Larry Crota was always like, and here's a special top 10 from the country. country Right, right, right. right. So it would be just And it was like, you could do anything any anything that the only rule was it had to be a uh, current like top 40 ish pop and song. when we say anything i mean when i told them i wanted to bring my motorbike on stage they said yes <laughs> and neil medlin helped me drag and some band members from i don't know what band they're, they're probably super famous now lifted my damn motorbike <laughs> up on stage and I turned on my fucking motorbike on that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hosted by uh, Kenny Melman and Bridget Everett and Neil Medlin. Mm-hmm. And it, it, how long did it go on? Three years. Yeah, three or four. It ended in 2012. I think it was about three years, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it was my favorite absolute life-saving piece of How did you get involved energy. in it? Well, I mean, I still like, to this day, it's the most important thing that happened to me creatively. Um, I got an email from Bridget, who I was like, yeah, I think I know who Bridget Everett is. Asking me if I now. wanted to do this show about top pop songs and I, I remember writing back like oh god well I kind of only know I kissed a girl because when I go to Lenny's every morning to get my boss's coffee it's always playing Amazing. and is it okay if it's like funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, no, I had no idea and then I found out um, they were looking for more people and they asked uh, uh, Adam Feldman uh-huh. of Time Out New York for some recommendations and I was one of the people that was recommended um, and I had taken a, a solo performance class at NYU 
and it, and every week we had to like create a like three minute piece and there were all these Amazing. rules. So when it, this concept was presented to me, I was like, oh yeah, no, I know exactly. Yeah, got what, a I know exactly how to do this. But like all I did at that point was just sing really loud and sound old timey about it. And our hit parade was that like ridiculous, like mind blowing. Every month, throw some paint at the wall. Just, like, throw paint at the wall. Right. And I'm sure I spent a small fortune on props yes. for that show. Oh, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> when I finally got you and I all my props, and it was, like, dog chain and a fake brain and then a lost DVD and just, like, the random assortment <laughs> yeah. of yeah. stuff that I had accrued. Did you have a baby pool at some point? I did not have a baby pool. I did. I think one of my favorite things I did was uh, fake artificially inseminate myself to a Kesha song. Uh, oh my that god. That was a favorite. That was a favorite. Oh, yeah. And then there was the time when I tripped and fell over the monitor. Uh-huh. But, but Into the audience? <laughs> no. <laughs> what I did uh, Gives You Hell when you see my face. Yeah. And I took all of my old headshots and I covered a dress with them. Beautiful. And then <laughs> I cut out a bunch more and glued them to popsicle sticks. Yeah. And then I also made like a face mask of my face for myself. And uh-huh. I was handing out Molly Pope faces to the audience members and didn't see the monitor. And if you watch <gasps> the video, like I go from <laughs> vertical to just not there, but I kept talking. I was like, keep going. This is amazing. I this is art. This is what I happens. love it. <laughs> anyway, that's how Molly and I met. And what a wonderful way to meet. What a wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's a very like, it's a, I mean, if you look at like our hit parade class of eternity, it's like, damn. Yeah. Like What? Like, John Roberts used to do the show. Yeah. Like, crazy, crazy, crazy. Reggie Watts did the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it was, yeah, I think it was one, it, for me, our hit parade is what launched me into creating my own stuff and work and writing and creating because I had people saying, yeah, this is, keep going. Yeah, keep going. It was an end, un, endless support from mm-hmm. all around, all around. And Jeff, you did. Is that how you know Molly from our hip parade? Oh, I don't know how we know each other. I feel I think, like. I mean, I did. I think that's where I first saw like you. The Venn sure. diagram of performance Downtown-y. outside of the traditional context. Yeah, I did our hip parade a handful of times. Of course. But um, how did <coughs> did you when you when I I know one time I talked to you and you were like I didn't know I could sing and then I just opened my mouth and I did. Right? Isn't that true? Yeah. Tell us about when you first... Like, did you... Like, why did you move to New York, I guess? Is what uh, I did move to New York to attend NYU. I from? Was mus- from uh, Monroeville, suburban Pittsburgh. It's the town where the original Dawn of the Dead was filmed. That fantastic, mall. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> mall. Uh, yeah, that'll lower down. Uh, culturally, right there. Um, but when I was growing up, I thought I was going to be an Olympic swimmer. Because I joined the swim team when I was four. And then... Um, I had a really, really, really rough, unhappy adolescence. Landed myself in the psych ward twice. You know, mm. just when those chemicals change and they're like, fuck you! Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then you uh, you uh, begin your lifelong uh, quest for any kind of stability. Um, and then I got out of the hospital for the second time. And like I had been in choir and I had even taken like a musical theater class. Uh, but I took How long one. Were this you was in? uh the first time I was in the hospital, I was 12, and that was for, I think, two weeks. I mean, don't get me started on insurance companies. Sure. And the sure. fact that you're sure. only... I mean, this is like a 12-year-old child mm. who... A child. I mean, and I'm just going to be honest, because I'm trying very hard not to be ashamed of it, who's like self-mutilating, who's of like... Of course. Like, something is clearly wrong, but insurance companies, uh, at least then, in my experience, would only pay long enough for like a... Uh, 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 Band-Aid in the form of a pill. 
Right, sure. Not actually to like... Because there's no reason why two years later I would have overdosed on painkillers. Like, like four, and then I was only, yeah, at 14. Mm. I was only in the hospital for 10 days that second time. That's, I know. And you, and, and at the age of 12 and 14, you knew, you had an awareness about the insurance companies that were putting a wall in front of you? No, that actually came, when I was in college, I read a book called Of Two Minds that's Uh about the crisis in mental health care. And, uh, that's when I was like, oh yeah, right. Cause my parents never really, they never wanted me to know about any of the money or insurance side of it, or the fact that the, you know, the psychiatrist who basically saved my life, he wasn't covered. And the first time I got out of the hospital, I tried Uh seeing a different psychiatrist and that clearly was not great. So then when I got out of the hospital, the second time I remember my mom saying, you're going to see Dr. Melnick no matter what. Yeah. And I have no idea what that actually meant, financial ramifications. Anyway, um, so I got out of the hospital for the second time, freshman year of high school. You're a child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, um, uh, musicals are huge in southwestern Pennsylvania. Gene Kelly's from Pittsburgh. Fantastic. There are the Gene Kelly Awards for high school musicals. <laughs> oh. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll audition for the spring musical. And I, you know, was in a bagel shop and saw one of those signs for voice lessons, took the tab, had like one voice lesson. And what that voice teacher did, she didn't really give me any technique, but she found me basically sheet music in my key, which already was kind of like, is she a tenor? Like, low? <laughs> yeah, like, it's already like, uh, that's a very mature sounding voice for yeah, yeah, a yeah. very young person. And um, through whatever magic, I was cast as Dolly Levi and Hello Dolly. Yeah. So I truly take, when I was 15, I'm like, I, I am a huge champion of Jerry Herman. Uh, if you talk to me for five minutes, chances are Jerry Herman comes up, but like, he saved my life. Hmm. He saved Great. my life. It was like, this is why you need to stick around. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, and that also that also gave me, because I'm, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, I never worried about what people said about me. Like, a lot of yeah. people must have known. And I think it was because I had this, like, suit of armor. Like, when oh, you I'm say, sorry, can you worry, do what I do on stage? Worry about what people said about me, um, about your mental history? Yeah. Or about your acting on stage? Or no, both? No, uh, mental history. Great. So, like, kids are awful. And... When I, uh, between the two hospitalizations, I will never forget this girl, Siobhan, Talk in art her. class, Ugh, said to me, Siobhan. she said, if you really wanted to kill yourself, you would have done it. Oh, ooh, Siobhan, girl, honey, you got a, ooh, girl, like, honey, I'm wearing Siobhan right now. Come I tried on. to find out. Um, I'm she sure still lives can. in suburban Pittsburgh. Uh, so Good children are awful. Um, mm-hmm. but, but musical theater was like this lifeline. Yeah, absolutely. And it, cause I knew, I was like, none of you can no, I don't want to say can do what I do, but like yeah, come sure. at me. Like right. really come at me. I'm a freshman. I was cast as the lead. And you come at me because I have found something that's mine. Yeah. That's individual hmm. to me, and you can't take that away from me. Like I feel so confident in this thing. You did can't you, take it away. Did you do all of the musicals? I did. I did sophomore year. Tell us all of them. And this, like, there's this, there's a, there's a show that uh, Tim Drucker and I are kicking around called High School Musical Theater Monsters. Um, <laughs> can't wait. We're just trying to find a venue. If anyone knows of one, no, we do know of one. Uh, then sophomore year, I was Miss Adelaide. They triple cast the girls. Triple. triple. Like, what is that? <laughs> I was Adelaide my junior year. That was my first show. My first show was Adelaide. <laughs> Marry the man today. Absolutely. Like, what is that kind of lyric? I I don't even think I sang it. I'm sure I didn't. I said whatever the fuck I wanted. 
don't even know. That's, and then what else did you do? And then uh, junior year, we did carousel, and I was Mrs. Mullins, the carousel owner. I was very, very upset about that. Because um, it wasn't... She had a, a song, role though, to your she standard. Have, no, she, she, she didn't until my high school did the production. And then you're like, I'm taking that song. <laughs> I, made up the song. I threw a tantrum in Mr. Reed's office. The band director was Go. the producer of the musicals. And I wish I could remember more of what I said. But one of the things that I do remember saying was, I made the musical freshman year. Like, just Good. flipped out. And then what happened was... Uh, <laughs> They took a random, so they gave me a song to sing in the second act of Carousel, but they didn't go with like another Rodgers and Hammerstein song from another show. Like, let's do The Gentleman is a Dope from Allegro. Let's just put that in. No, they took a random Frank Wildhorn song from a <laughs> Linda Etter album that had been recently released. That just kind of, sort of fit for the woman <laughs> who was running the carousel. You did not know how much Mrs. Mullins actually loved Billy Bigelow <laughs> until she Whoa. sang the song, I Don't Know How to Say Goodbye. <laughs> and then, but then senior year, senior year, I was Mame in Mame. Wow. They, well, they did that. Cast. They did that because they, they did. did. I know, did that but like, they couldn't tell me that. And I had uh, 17 costume changes. Mame's apartment had a working fountain in it. The budget was $37,000. Jesus. Wow. Where did you go to school again? Gateway Senior High School. Throw your kids there. Musicals. Kids. They're crazy. But the other thing was that they That's were so insane. popular that like the captain of the football team always did the musicals. Yeah, I think yeah. it's because they That's figured great. out that you could like get laid if you did the musical. Oh, that's not so great. Well, it was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, honey. I mean, I don't know. Is an 18-year-old senior girl having sex with a 16-year-old sophomore boy, is that statutory rape? His father was a policeman, so I'm going to think it was okay. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. So many confessions and we're only a couple minutes in. Um, That's amazing. And then college. Yeah, I was a musical theater reject at NYU, for which I am eternally grateful. What do you mean you were a reject? Yeah, I auditioned for Cap 21 and they rejected me. So I went to Stella Adler and then ETW, Experimental Theater Wing. And then what is Experimental Theater Wing? Okay. So these are now these places oh, that you went to are they... was a school? A mini studio. So oh. these, so you didn't go to a college college you went to? Oh, no, sorry. I went to NYU. But NYU... But you know how they have different studios. Oh, I'm sorry. It's basically, yeah. It's basically like, let's reinvent high school by having these different acting schools and making kids think that one of them has the better theory of acting than another when really isn't so supposed crazy. to be you use whatever tools work for you right. no matter which is who so good. Does NYU still You get to choose like which one you go like with ETW uh, and viewpoints and all that. Like, uh, for Stella Adler I think I had to put down like my first and second choices of studios and then I did transfer track for ETW mm. and then um, viewpoints was just like this mini studio because I was only part time the end of my schooling so I didn't really sing it all in college oh except for that student production of a little night music when I was Desiree at a girl at a girl so you wow you played a lot of really old ladies it was was my dry run I know right for you that girl who always plays like the old women yeah. But yet the best parts. Yeah. Um. So you graduated school yep. from NYU, mm-hmm. and then you stayed in New York. I did. Yeah. And you've been here ever since. Yep. Seventeen years. And same, same, same. Yeah. We wow. both graduated in two thousand. No, Good I graduated class. in two thousand four. Wait. But she. Was, oh, because she went to school <laughs> Oops. here. Okay. Hi. <laughs> My name is Jen, and I'm older. <laughs> um. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everybody got that, <laughs> and I'm happy about it. Um. Um, 
And then what did your life look like your first couple years out of school? Well, my grandma passed away the spring of my senior year of college, and I had been seriously thinking about moving home to live with her and take care of her because she and I had uh, one of those magical relationships that a lot of people do with their grandparents, mm-hmm. but she and I were more like contemporaries because I'm super old timey and <laughs> I always had more fun hanging out with her and like sure. she and I when I was in high school we'd like go buy a bottle of white wine and curl up with TCM until two in the morning uh, she's wow. amazing yeah yeah she was a really a tremendous human being and she sang with a big band back in the day um oh, so she passed it. away and that sort of like I mean you know that I feel like it like how do I articulate there was like a year or two where I was just sort of treading water in New mm. York City it changed I think. you yeah, yeah. And then um, a friend of mine who had a theater company <laughs> asked me to audition for Machinal. And oh, in the most like, casting stretch of the century, I was cast as the, like, the, the young woman who was beaten down by society. Like, Let's cast Ethel Merman as Ophelia. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> uh, you've got my money. That looks like a really nice combination, <laughs> you've actually. <got> <laughs> you've got my money. And then... Um, and then probably um, added some brass to her. I don't know. It's just... Sure. Let's... Let's take that leap and try to see if people will believe anything that I'm doing on stage. Um, and then a couple years later, I had a really terrible breakup. Uh, and my friend said to me, you should do a cabaret show. Um, and I had like sung numbers in his shows. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And then I've been, oh, Jesus Christ. I did my first cabaret show that Diva Lucian. Yeah, that's right. It was D-I-V-A uh, hyphen Lucian. Do you get it? There's yeah, like I love it. Of Molly Pope, the devolution of Molly Pope, uh, ten years ago. Wow! And you've wow. been doing your shows ever since. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, and they all have my name in the title. Good. <laughs> Molly Pope show introducing Molly Pope. Molly Pope likes your status. Molly Pope okay. I love. I love Molly Pope likes your status. That was I a good show. Okay. It was a great show. <laughs> that title came from Dan Fishback. Wait, what was it? Molly Pope okay. And I love Molly the title Pope. with punctuation again. Jerry Herman. So it's like Molly Pope comma okay question mark. I love it. Yeah. And do you, have you done your shows at the duplex? Where else have you done them? So I have done my shows. I did a lot of stuff at Joe's Pub. Joe's? Like a That's lo- where you did a your lot album, of like, right? It's so odd. Yes, we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the duplex, Joe's Pub. I'm going to say I did uh, 54, 54 below. below. I did Cola Scola, and I did a double bill at the old Feinsteins. Oh, oh wow. wow. When Daniel Nardiccio did a downtown series, and I right. watched Bridget Everett give a patron a piggyback up on stage at the old Feinsteins. <laughs> oh, my God. And Cole and I did a double bill there, um, and I did, I did, oh, God, I did a three-person show at the Cafe Carlisle. I can't, it's like, I could just, like, that was just, like, I can't even believe what's going on, and then there was a, a hotel room for, like, the after party, and we were, like smoking a joint out the window and I was like I can't this is like this Amazing. is it this is it this is never life will never Aww. be as ridiculous as me dressed like a flapper smoking marijuana out of a window at the Carlisle Hotel <laughs> you made Ooh, it that does have a, a nice it was really show. fun it was really fun um yeah I think those are oh Sid Gold's mm-hmm. Sid Gold's request room which are like the best shows to do you can do your own show there it's cute space Monday like nights you, you know Amber Martin Amber she does her shows there. She she curates Monday nights there. It's called yeah. the Amber Zone, and it's uh like everybody, tons of people have done it, and it's just here. It's here's amazing. the room. Nobody, you're not supposed to. You're not. I should say like it's like we suggest that you ten dollars cash at the door. Like that's right. sort of the going deal, and it's so laid back, 
and casual. Oh, I love it. And I just did, I just did um, an all old timey set there because I tend to like try to assemble stuff that I think <laughs> the audience will find interesting, or is like a juxtaposition. And this was like, no, I'm just gonna sing like my favorite songs, which were all written before 1945. And it was like just the most wonderful, intimate. Aww. I mean, like I've never had the room more than half full, and nobody cares. And Matt Ray <laughs> played for me. Sure. It was really, uh, just you know what? It was. <laughs> I'm gonna make my dumb joke. It wasn't tremendous. It was formendous. Really. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you are old timey. Well, do you do you, do you know this to Victor Victor Borgia's inflationary speech? No. Where he. He can he can just talk like that, but anytime there's anything that either is a number within a word or sounds like it, he'll add one to it. So theater's the niner. Oh god, yeah, that's fun. It's crazy. That's fun, but <laughs> just that's like that's just like I get exhausted after five minutes. I'm a little tired. I'm a little. Tired. <laughs> so you first of all, let's plug what you have going on now because you have a show coming up. I do. Right? It's on May 25th, which is my mom's birthday, so you hmm. don't want that guilt on That's your head. That's a Thursday. It is. I know because I'm flying out Friday so I can come. Oh, okay. Because it's um, it's an audience. Go. We'll go, Jeff. It's an audience with I'm Molly Pope. And you may be like, wait, isn't that the title of the live album you recorded a year and a half ago? Sure is. It is. And we're going to record it again yeah. on May 25th. <laughs> Yay! Everybody come be there. Why are you recording it again? Um, Several reasons. <laughs> When I did it the first two times, two times in January 2016, so there were like three new songs. Okay, fine. Um, but I was doing it with a five-piece band and usually only work with piano. And I had never done that show as a show before. So I did it the first and second time. I did that set as a show with an audience. I recorded for a live album. So when it got to like mixing and choosing what's what... Like, there were circumstances with my survival job that I was not in great voice and I was under a lot of stress and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I guess there was a certain charm to the sort of jittery, like, I can't stop talking. But I was thinking, I don't feel like this is the best representation of what I do. There's good stuff here, but I don't know. And it wasn't until uh, last December when I went to Seattle with the Joe's Pub Seattle and did that show again that I was like, oh, it was like the magical rule of threes. The third like, time I did it, like the the editing and the just the figuring out and like, oh, this is yeah. what this show right. is. Right, you figured it, you settled in yeah. to what it is. Yeah, and so... Is it still going to be five-piece band? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the same Fantastic. thing. We cut one of the songs. Well, it's just, you know, it's just like it's like tighter. I feel like I have ownership of it. Yeah. And, and I toss exciting. it to... Uh, of course. My producer, Mr. Julian Fleischer, I was like, I just feel like either uh, we re-record or bury it, you know? Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, you know, and it was like, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not to record it again. No, and like, yeah, and I just like before I let myself get really upset about it, I was like, wait, let's take a bird's eye view. Let's pretend that we're being interviewed on Fresh Air right now by Terry Gross, and we're talking about my debut album. So or Jeff and Jen on Tuesday podcast. <laughs> let's pretend. So be like, they'd be like, um, so your first album, you recorded it twice, and then a year and a half later, you recorded it again. Why? Yeah. I did. Yeah, you I know, did. I really wanted it to be my best work. Yeah. And there, I'm like, who gives a shit? This is That's a great a point. You know, this we, is a great point, ladies and gentlemen. our last thing we talked about, like, when you're on the bottom and you're, like, coming up, like, what are tips on, on how to get out of, like, just the depths? And that's such a good point of, like, imagining, like, Neil always says, my husband Neil is always like, is this something you'll care about in a year? Mm-hmm. The fact that you can't make it to this show on a Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Right. No. 
so I'm not going to stress about it now. But this is even better. Like, imagine I'm just talking to Terry Gross. Sweet, sweet that, Terry. I mean, yeah. I, listen, I am surprise, surprise, uh, addicted to NPR. And anytime I feel like, really like, oh God, what, why about my life? I just mm-hmm. think about all those like myriad people mm-hmm. whose life stories you hear when you're listening to basically anything on NPR. And I'm like, right, <laughs> right. Yes. And who am I, like, what? world clearly do I live in who put in my head why do that I need this all needs to work out on the first go oh why in the hell we have <coughs> we have billions of hours of recorded evidence of people telling us that that's never the case it's never the case that like right out of the gate or this or that or things don't take time or practice or building something or letting something breathe or letting something try it again or like why are we so hard on ourselves? Like, there's no, there's nothing to gain by being hard on yourself, I think. Yeah. I think parenting yourself is one thing, and being hard on yourself is a whole nother thing. It took me a really long time to realize that, like, nobody, oh God, the metaphors, Molly, like, no project springs like Athena from the skull of Zeus fully nope. formed. It no doesn't. Man, no but man. you know what I think? Like, I've been <laughs> no doing man. this nightlife cabaret stuff for 10 years and I truly only feel like within the past two years I've been like, oh, all right. Yeah, I got this now. But like, it's like the life of a show in development. It takes forever. You just have to start somewhere and either you learn very quickly, it's never going to be perfect right out of the gate or you just know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a... Evolution. It's a devolution. It's a devolution. Let me tell you something. I evolution. actually sang parody lyrics to What Did I Have That I Don't Have in that show. I've never done parody lyrics ever since, but it was <laughs> What Did They Have That I Don't Have? And the only oh. thing I remember was there was a joke about Tyne Daly, but it went through like all the great divas of the ages. Like, what did <laughs> the they have that I don't have? Like, like, I think like Tyne Daly was like the punchline to the whole song. Bless. <laughs> I have the audio somewhere. I should re-listen just because it was... <laughs> well, yeah, I start somewhere. Exactly. I look forward to Not being in that well. audience. I look forward to the album. 9.30 p.m. May 25th. I'll be there. It's a really good show. Tickets uh, are on sale. Joe's Pub website. They are at Joseph's Pub Retorium. And Joe'spub.com or org. It doesn't matter. Pub. Google it. <laughs> I don't need to be your Google. Google it. <gasps> Let me be your Google. Oh, God. If I could hire someone just to fucking Google for me. Somebody anyway. told me that there's a website now that you can type in something that someone should Google it and you can send that link to them and they can click on the link and it's like, um, it's called Let Me Google That For You. Stop. Isn't that like what And it's like a real nasty, passive aggressive way no. of being like, oh. you could have just Googled no, this that's, yourself. That's got to be, you know what? Can we put that on my. My um tombstone. Yeah, she was not your Google, and she's still <laughs> mad about it. No, I have a question. Or no, you can have something that says like a, a that looks like the search term box. Yeah, yeah. I want that. I just want tombstone. yeah. I want my tombstone to be no a, a ticker tape of just. And how about an LED? Thing? Yeah, an LED sort of ticker tape of just shit that I've said and been pissed about. That sounds subtle. That seems like a nice way subtle, to spend subtle. eternity. I feel like a lot just, of people. <laughs> Just straight up bitterness floating above your dead body. I don't even think that fits me. I don't think that fits me. me. I think that'd be a little confusing. Yeah. I It'd think, be fun, but confusing. I think it should just be a picture of you with your leg kicking your head. <laughs> kicking over my head. Um, uh, wait, so I have a question. Yes, go ahead. Because I actually have this for real, this is just a Jeff question wanting to know more about. <laughs> because 
Um, we don't know each other that well, but like I've had talks with you, and I think like your thing that you're really great at is you are super vulnerable. Just like the fact that you're talking right now about your adolescence and about um, and about like having this lifeline with Jerry Herman, and you were very open about like. How the fuck am I going to get my equity card? Like, it took you forever. Yeah. And then you got found. Yeah. The musical. Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit more about that stuff? I mean, that was like... I mean, that was so great because when they... uh, Who was it? Was it Henry Bergstein? No, I can't remember who it was that was casting... Henry Russell? But I'm not sure that it was. I don't know. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Anyway. Um, for the New York Station Film Workshop, and they needed, and you know, like uh, most of the other cast was like, oh, this is we want. They all knew, but they needed one other person, and um, the casting director recommended me, and and this I fucking love. Sent them a bunch of my videos. Genius. So I was genius. Cast. Genius. But I mean, listen, that was because like, you know, Brendan Kennedy, our hit parade, would put all of the videos. Right. right. You know, so I had. And I do have a lot of videos, and a lot of them are really old and not good, and I know that. Uh, but so I was cast in that workshop because of my own work. Yeah. And I think, like, most, a lot of people in found were because it was like, we know what you can do. Yeah. Great. So that was how I uh, got involved in that, and I got my equity card from Found the Musical. Found was musical. written by Hunter, Hunter Bell, Bell, who also wrote Silence. And musical. Lee Overtree, director of the Story Pirates, mm-hmm. and Eli Bolin. What was it like being, getting lauded for like... Wait, and that's when you got your equity card? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Like you, 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 the downtown world knows them some Molly Pope, right? Like you, you're on all those lists of like the downtown cabaret performers and like you're Top like... Top 10 cabaret shows of the year. Oh, yeah. All of it. I often. Yes. So what was it like... I guess what am I... Tra- I'm not trying to, like, elicit a specific response. I swear to God, I'm not. But I'm more, like, wondering what it was like to be, like, I'm so well-known for doing this thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I also can do this other thing and not being able to do it for so long. Like, not being able to get the, like... Well, I mean, you should know. In 2012, I was a stunning Ruth Sherwood in Wonderful Town of the Gallery Players. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm glad, you said, I'm glad you brought it up. You know, I just Wait. wanted to make sure everyone knew. Oh, oh, uh, Ruth. But, okay, gotcha. <laughs> the Brooklyn Navy Yard. That's my favorite. Why, why, why? Listen, because I was like, oh, great, this is written in my key. Ruth has to hit a low C. I was like, done and done. Um, it was and continues to be sort of a. That continues. Because it's such sure. a, uh, like weird. Well, first of all. Nothing that I have ever done translates outside of New York City hmm. because I don't have a Broadway credit to put after my name. I can't be called like, you know, it's like everything that means something in New York City in this world of cabaret, it doesn't really mean anything in my experience, no matter how many accolades I've gotten, uh, it just doesn't really translate. And I'm not even talking about when I go out of town to do a show. I have, I've, I've had a mixed bag of out of town gigs. They sometimes just yeah. really don't don't get yeah. it at all. Um, so it's sort of uh, I. Um, what am I trying to say? I try to I try to just do the work, but sometimes it is very difficult because it, it kind of it happens a lot when I'm in any kind of even a workshop setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
difficult when I, you know, I young young musical theater people are like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I do it. I like. I'm. I'm gonna be like. I'm Molly Pope. Yeah, yeah. I'm Molly Pope. <laughs> sort of. So, uh, well, to a that's the extent. best way to describe it because I'm an individual. I do something that isn't as quantitative of it, that you're used to. You know, I'm on a television show. I'm on a Broadway show. I'm. You know, it, it's just not. You know, like I am. Almost a baritone, but I'm like, I am a female with an incredibly low voice who tries to reinvent pop songs and creates her own work. And it happened, you know, it's so funny. It happened uh, at Lance Horn's show the other week. A bunch of people came up to me after the show and they were like, I never expected you to sound like that. But they were so into it. And I think about the number of times a casting director just can't. Yeah. Can't. They don't get it. Like. You know, because right. now that I'm, you know, I'm blonde again, that even more, because you know, I used to dye my hair red for like 16 years. And something about the being a redhead sort of was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But now that I look like yeah. kind of a little bit apple pie, uh, there's there's like a, I don't understand what this is. I find, no matter what my hair color is. Right, because um, you've been brown. I've been brunette. Brown. I've, I've had my hair black. I've had my hair... Really? A long time ago. Um, everything but red, actually. Everything but red. And no matter what the hair color, I don't... Many people don't know what to do with me. And I think it has more to do with just being kind of different well, I, and being a unique artist. And so I would say, if I'm a casting director looking at you and bringing you in for things, the stuff that I'm... It's so difficult for people and this isn't a read to casting directors <laughs> this is like it's difficult because the war what is being created and made is still a cookie cutter situation or people when when you're seeing 300 people for something confusion is not what you want in your head i'm going at, at, at casting directors listen to this y'all queens can tell me but it's what's easy what's easier for me to pull out now and i've never been a person that's easy to pull out from a lineup, unless it's for something really different and off the wall. No matter how good I do, I would say the same for you guys for a lot of things. Well, I remember you saying, I forget, was it when your hair was brown? And it was, you said something about they'll never cast a blonde as the sidekick best friend. I remember you saying that something about. That is what my manager at the time told me. What? And so I dyed my hair brown for a couple years. I got a couple things, whatever, but it didn't, like, nothing. It was, I was told that I needed to be a brunette because blondes are the leads and I'm not a lead. I would be playing the funny friend or whatever. We're talking about, like, a television show. Right. Um, so I dyed my hair brown to make myself more marketable. And nothing changed except I felt uncomfortable with brunette hair. So I decided <laughs> to fuck that and go back to dyeing my hair what I was comfortable with. That I, you know, was born a blonde and then I felt comfortable. She's not a blonde now. Lord knows what's under here. And we ain't about to find out. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm like my mom. My mom's like, I don't know what color my hair is and I don't ever want to know. I'm like, get it, girl. Mm-hmm. But I just, I remember realizing to myself, why is my hair brown? What's I remember changed? You Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Now, I do not remember the last audition I went on. I, uh, my contract just was up with my agent. I only had an agent for two years. Any money that she made off of me was from work that I brought in. 
Yeah, and that's, a, that's mostly the case. And listen, no, and case. I acknowledge, like, I didn't keep her informed of all the stuff that I was doing. But the other thing is, like, I don't, ha- you can't, you can't put what I do on a resume in a way that anybody's going to care about. That's the other thing is, you know, it was like, okay, let's change your resume. Let's just list all the venues you've played. I'm like, all right, but... Like, I kind of want to know what we did. Like, so did I do resume, cabaret? My, my resume makes me look incredibly inexperienced. Right. Also, like... Interesting. You, you just put down Joe's Pub. You did 44 shows just with our hit parade at Joe's Pub. Like, like and also, anybody right. can be at Joe's, Joe's Pub. Like, lots of people have Joe's Pub as their credit, but it's not like what you've done there. It's, it's That's very interesting, actually, Molly, is that you're... Ex- is that... Your experience and your longevity working on a skill doesn't, and we've talked about this before, doesn't necessarily mean you get to move up in any way, shape, or form. No, except for the fact that I get just asked to do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, It's just becoming clear to me because, yes, I want to be on Broadway. But lately it's becoming clear, I don't know that that's what I should be slaving toward. Hmm. Right. Like, interesting. Yeah. Because I really, I mean, in casting directors, please call me in. It'll be real fun. But (laughs) I I don't see myself being cast in a Broadway show through a traditional casting process. I just don't Mm -hmm. see that. Yeah, same. And, you know, and then you've got stuff like, I'm a great mover, but I need like two days to learn the steps. So that's everyone, girl. That is everyone. (laughs) Every single damn person I've talked to says the same thing. So interesting, though, because like my whole thing, of course, like, I just want to make this about me for just a second. Yeah, no, that's Thanks fine. So Go much, ahead. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Molly. <laughs> if you might have been ignoring me, so yeah. just, if you could just sit there for a second, great. No, but me looking at you or you, like the idea is that, like, I feel like, yeah, every show you've had it has your name in it. Like, people are like, oh, Molly Pope, Molly Pope. We know her. We know what mm-hmm. she does. We know her thing. And I, I'm like, oh, you've created this thing where it's like you. I've created a little bit of celebrity around yourself in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. I appreciate that. <laughs> and so, like, for me, I've spent all this time doing improv. That's where I started. Oh, really? I couldn't tell. <laughs> and, and, like, so you're one of eight people, and even your team name is sort of ephemeral. Nobody really even knows what your team name is. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, why have I wasted all that time? Like, I, yeah, it's it's really made me a better artist, for sure. But, like, nobody's ever, like... Jeff Hilla, you know what I mean? They're not. They're they're like the UCB theater, and he's number three hundred and seventy of the most <laughs> well-known yeah. people from that place. And uh, but hearing you say that is like, oh, oh. No matter where you are, there's this weird box that's so difficult to get out of. There's no like magical thing, right? And even but then again, people who've been in things, then they're in the box of the thing they're they've been in. I mean. I just feel like we are, like, I had said this, or we had kind of gotten to this, and I had said it in an earlier podcast, we're in an industry that, like, as performers and artists and actors, we're doing something doesn't, you know, doing a good job at something, like your evening or your show or your voice, doing a good job doesn't necessarily move you up in the ranks. Mm-hmm. You start <clears throat> back at one, um, yeah. whether that be an audition or, or whatever. And it's it's... Just taking a picture right now? Oh, I thought that might be We're being candid. Yeah, we should have pictures. We haven't taken any pictures. So we're talking, I have no makeup on it. I'm I'm wearing eyeliner. (laughs) 
I don't know why. Thanks, I don't know Jeff. why. I did we it. love a picture right now. Right? Well, no, no, this is great because my favorite, my God. favorite Jeff Hiller interaction. So, okay, it was brought to my attention yeah. by a young twenty-something last summer at the Orchard Project that my ratio of Instagram followers to likes is really pathetic. Wait, what Tacky. is that? Wait, yeah, you mean like I have like I have like it's not even that many. <laughs> Wait, like, what douchebag said? Wow, you have all these followers. You don't have any likes. I know. I'm not gonna say who. He's so sweet, and sometimes he he edits videos for free. So, <laughs> that's yeah, it. I that's remember it. like we were was it when we did the Muppet Christmas Carol, and I was like talking to you about getting double digit likes on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and that but was you all really, I you wanted. have now. I know, but I, it's still, I mean, but listen, I still am like, is it that my Instagram voice is not clear? Is can you believe people that follow me on Instagram to withhold their likes? Can you? <laughs> That's funny. That's fucking funny. But can we even believe we're having this conversation? I mean, it's the world we're in now. Deep, we're like, we're deep in it. We're not getting out. But can you believe? I feel old as fuck that I'm having a conversation about like internet likes. Like Instagram likes and friendship. Why? Right, that should make you feel fuck. young. That's what the kids I talk can't, about. Oh my god, I'm so exhausted. Why can't anything just be about the craft? Oh, <laughs> but I'm choosing to believe in the movie. Again. Why can't everything just be about the craft? The movie. <laughs> Why can't everything just be about the craft? Where the hell is Ball? Damn it. Um. So we're excited about your show. Yep. It's. We're, it's really hard <laughs> what we do. This kind of about this podcast. Oh, but this is our um, question for every guest. Oh, we have to ask you a question. Go ahead. What is your ideal, like, like uh, 365 days from now, what would be the ideal sort of journey of your career? You can throw in personal life too. What do I care? Uh, of where you would be in a year from now. A year from ideal. now. Ideal. Ideal. Yeah, like, like dream scenario. Dream. Mm-hmm. And it's only a year away. A dream scenario would be that my next really big solo project that I'm attempting original music for that's just like really like this is a turning point, you know, it was speaking of the like, I don't think I'm going to get to Broadway through the traditional audition process. It's this project, which is called Polymope because I love spoonerisms (laughs) and that one is a little too perfect for me and who I am and what I'm like. So Polymope uh, would be having wordplay. I love all kinds of things. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> um, I'm, 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 it would be that Polymope has a full production. I mean, God, my heart of hearts is like at the fucking public theater. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's whatever you want. Or like Soho Rep or just uh, that that is fully realized because it involves silent films. And mm. um, I'm for the first time allowing my creativity to not limit itself to what I can accomplish with a music director. So okay. because I'm, because I, it's like last summer I was at the Orchard Project and really started working on it. So I've had these experiences of working on a project with support. Yeah. What's the Orchard Project? Tell us The Orchard that. Project is in um, Saratoga Springs, New York, and it's a developmental uh, summer thing That's that actually amazing. does stuff with cabaret performers. But then, um, what's his name? Schenken who wrote Hacksaw Ridge and um, All the Way, like All the Way was developed at a point at the Orchard Project. Um, like uh, tons of like theater companies and whatever. It's a developmental space. And I had never done anything like that. And it was, everybody just took me like seriously. Not like serious, but like, yes, what is your process? Yeah, I was like, great. Um, I don't. Let's figure, well, let's find it. Let's find it. And in June, I'm going to go do another uh, developmental thing. But the, like, 
the press release hasn't gone out yet, <gasps> and I'm superstitious. So yeah, like, let's wait. That's fine. Yeah, let's wait. But it's like a big like. Oh, really? I can't wait. Yeah, and the decision to do original music was huge, and is scary because I want to write as many of the lyrics as possible, but I want to work with like four, maybe five composers to kind of keep that cabaret feel to it. Yeah. So we're not wow. getting an entire show. Oh, that's nice. I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. So that's, it just sort of, it feels like everything just sort of like turned in as like, this is the direction you should go now. I that's love thrilling. it. That's thrilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also really fucking scary. I don't know if I can write. Well. You can. Come on. Yes, you can. You're not a dummy. So that's happened. <laughs> Wait. So, that, so that's what's going to happen in the next few minutes. What, what else in life? What about like oh, I'm gonna... stuff and financials and apartment and relationship? What else would you like in that 300? Because you, oh, are, you oh. are you are a full person. We are not just the work that we do. We are not just the art that we make. Oh. Mainly. <laughs> I would like to stay in my apartment. Uh, my goal is to have been in this apartment for five years because I, 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 have, I, have, I lost count. But I think... In 17 years, I've moved something like 13 times. Jesus Christ. So to live, and I'm about to, year four will start in June. Uh So like, I really want to be in the same apartment. Sure, it's a sixth floor walk up. Sure, my closet ceiling is falling in because the roof is leaking. But it's also the apartment that I moved to uh, when the marriage ended. So there's Mm -hmm. like all kinds of like emotional. Yeah. So I really want to be still in the treehouse in a year. Um, You know... My survival job, I, I'm a home organizer. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do some personal assistant work, not so much anymore, because that I was like, I can't do this anymore, and it makes me crazy. Um, what was I trying to say? Oh, uh, I know that a super ton of money actually just makes everything worse, hmm. so, but I would just like to not live in fear all the time, yep. which I truly do. God, a truly, comfortable truly amount do. of money. Like, I don't know how much money I actually have at any given time. Mm-hmm. And there's that sort of thing of like, I, I haven't had my hair cut in six months. I need to get a haircut. I need yeah, to get a good things haircut. Things like that. Yep. And then as soon as it's done and I swipe my card and I'm vomiting because yeah. I put it on the debit. <laughs> Marie Hill used to call me debit girl. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because... Uh, you're you have to you have to use your debit card when you know if you put it on the credit card you can't pay it off. It's like oh my shut God. up, Murray. Uh, it's that just, seems like someone who's really good at budgetary. Yeah, I actually I just I'm <laughs> what's a little, the problem with that? I'm actually a little confused because all I use is my debit card. Yeah, that's all I use too. Well, super I have no but like super I'm, wealthy people, uh, right? Of course, like, can pay off. They just put everything on because a card they get points. They, right, right, stuff right. Like that. I don't even girl. Stuff like but that. But I understand so what you're saying. So like, just like <clears throat> to be I just comfortable. need to not, or just like worry less, or because yes. my my income is very unsteady, mm-hmm. and it, you know it's a trade off because uh, you know I can go away and do a show for a month and come back and you know knock on wood there will be work for me, um, but that's not always the case. Or people change their minds and a job falls through, and that right. five days of work would have paid me enough money for the entire month and right now, like last fall I wound up doing a rent party cabaret because a job fell through and I was like there's no way there's no way for me to make up that income yeah so I did a, a show at the duplex and made rent because good. of that good yeah. that was so smart good for you well, and, and I, I do want to do it again because the one thing it was like a half-baked idea I did a job fair at the show I was like okay, who who has something who has work to offer who needs work I would That's do that genius. more. I love that. I'm not I sure. I, I thought I thought I had like matched up two. 
I have work. I can do that work. But uh, yeah, it was like the 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 irony of God. The only way I'm going to be able to pay rent is if I sing. Whoa! (laughs) That's such a thrill. That's amazing. (laughs) That's the dream. Yeah. So we would be less terrified financially. Um. (sighs) Yeah. Wouldn't it just be? Wouldn't it? Okay. I'm going to ask a question because I thought about this the other day when I was I was doing some morning writing. I'm going to ask you guys both this question. Molly, I'll start with you. Okay. (laughs) If you woke up tomorrow and everything was free, everything was free in the world, Uh what would you do? Where would you start? Everything was free. And there's no, like, rush about it because everybody else knows it's free and people are, like, losing their minds, freaking out, like, running to Barney's and chill. None of that's happening. It's chill. Just everything's free. Go ahead. Like, everything's free. Everything's free. What would you do? (laughs) I love daydreaming about this. Um, Is it that everything's free or it's just that you have so much money you don't have to worry about the cost of it? No, everything is free. So, are we talking about, like, the world is free? Plane rides? Yeah, whatever you want. Everything's free. I mean, it's so, it's so, it's not dumb, but it's just so, like, come on, Molly. I Yeah, what would you do? It's not even... I don't even know how this makes sense is everything is free, but I just somehow feel like if everything were free, I could find a way to meet Jerry Herman. That's fantastic. <laughs> so what would you do? Like, what would you, you'd wake up in the morning and you'd go find, you'd get on a plane and find him. I guess. I don't know. That's like, that's <laughs> or like go to Paris, whatever. No, going to Paris would be a very big thing uh, uh, as well. But yeah, it's just, again, um... <laughs> like if everything was free, you would go get your hair cut. Mm-hmm. Would you, yeah. what, where would you, where would you go get something to eat? It's I, free. It's free. Um, well, I actually, I just went to Cafe Luxembourg last night for the first time and that steak free was tremendous. Great. So you get some, yeah, you get uh-huh. something there. I get some steak free. Um, get a I haircut. feel like, get a haircut. I feel like I would go to the really uppity vintage boutiques and just go crazy. There you go. It's free. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, like that's my performance. Yeah, yeah. So I'm used to like, no, I don't like to go to the Salvation Army. So Goodwill, like. Combing through the racks. Yeah, no, you're going racks. to the place where the ladies like, could just can get, I like, help you? I would like that vintage Halston jumpsuit. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. And then you go find Jerry. And I go find Jerry. Arnold. That's fantastic. <laughs> Jeff, everything's free. You, you know, the detective that could lead you to him. <laughs> right, yeah, you're not to get it. It's actually, it's, I've reanimated the dead body of Bob Hoskins <laughs> to be my own singing detective. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Jeff, you woke up and everything is free. God, for some reason I'm really having a hard time with it. Like, because then does that mean that we're not in a capitalist society? No, not not all that. No, no. This is daydreaming. This is everything. You don't have to worry about any of that shit. Whenever you give me a hypothetical, I'm always like, wait, what? (laughs) Just dreaming. You're just Uh dreaming. I would... I would... Um... Um... I would get a home yeah, that's a good one. was much, that um, had a room that was just mine for to write and to create. You'd and, have an office. And, and our apartment was such a space that there was no need for anyone else to ever come into that room. No. It would be a room of one's own. So you'd buy it. Do you know where you'd buy it? But there's no buying. Where you would you just take it. go and take. Exactly. Where you would walk free. <laughs> Guys, 
it's free. Do you have a specific play area you would like to go? Yeah, I would like to be um, Midtown West. Okay. Um, like, like 57th and 9th. Okay. And I would be on a very high floor. Very that high That building floor. that's being renovated. Southwest corner. Exactly. Of, so you're there. I would have a... I wouldn't... I wouldn't be though. I couldn't hear the Hudson Hotel. I, that would, they would we would be insulated from that business. Yeah, you could have insulation. And I would have an outdoor space, and I would have uh, a nice you know room for us, and also a room like the guests could come, so that I could be yeah. the person who's like, oh, you're coming to New York? Yeah, and stay with us. You have your own bathroom. Yeah, your own bathroom, bedroom, right? And uh, I would have a room of my own to write, and then. I'd have a place where my cat could have like a really nice cat tree. Yeah. <laughs> what so else? She could would, just go to town. Would you buy anything as her store? Well, I don't know because it's all free. I but am I buying then? No, I mean you're <laughs> anywhere, anywhere it's, it's free. Sorry, I feel like I'm stealing. No, here. you're not stealing. It's I would free. Go to. Um, I would go. I would get a suit. I guess I got a lot of suits. Yeah, a bespoke. Made, yes, for. My specific body. Yes. And I would, I'd get a lot of really nice clothing. Mm-hmm. And I'd go on a lot, I would travel. I would go to Cuba. Mm-hmm. I would go to Greece. Mm-hmm. And I would go to Japan. I love it. I love it. See, everything's free. No. I'm just going to run around trying to find Jerry Harmon. <laughs> and you just run around finding Jerry Harmon. Isn't that the best but kind then, of travel? You know, but I could like just have like really good shoes for walking. Yes, of course. Well, I'm doing that. No, what I, what I would want, uh, I would want um, some sort of crazy apartment situation where, where there's a lap pool on the roof. There mm. you go. There you go. Oh. That was swimmer and a lap. They mm-hmm. exist. There's tons in Manhattan. No, but like I want the single lane. No yeah, one. Yeah, you just is, want yours. I just want it's like yours. the pool that's yeah, like yours. one lane it's wide. Yours. No one else is allowed so in. Some I feel like there's a lot of those in like the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah. And what do you want? I well, I know I it's like, a washer and a dryer. Oh, honey, yes. It's <laughs> oh, well, wait. Oh, that's time. a good question. What would you if you could only have one? Would you rather have a dishwasher or a washer dryer? Washer dryer. I only have a dishwasher now, and I've never had one before, and it's a bit of a life changer and one you don't realize. I need a washer-dryer. Okay. All right, go ahead. All right, continue. Um, I would wake up, you know, and I would go to breakfast, and I would buy, like, those expensive press juices. You know, those fucking things are, like, $10 each. Yeah. I'd buy those fucking things, like, a couple of those, because, like, (laughs) one isn't breakfast, but, like, five are. I buy a bunch of. I mean, you're gonna shit your pants out. I want like good. I want those expensive juices, you know. And then I would go. I would go shopping, and I would get. I would have a personal shopper help buy me all really good staple clothing, you know, like Mm -hmm. shoes and pants and a dress and jackets. Just a but yes, like all because I'm I I just. I just want really good quality staple clothing and have that uniform and some shoes and so I would get all that maybe a bag or two you know I would get a really expensive like to me luggage mm. set I would um, purchase my apartment in New York would be ginormous have two to three bathrooms in it because people places for people to stay there would be a rehearsal studio oh yeah oh. like oh oh like and I would just the apartment situation would be amazing 
and I would purchase a ticket that's an open-ended anywhere in the world, fly anywhere in the world ticket. So I could just travel whenever I wanted to go somewhere and then come back to my place. And I would have a fully run uh, production company that does um, film and television and um, some off-Broadway theater. That's my life. We have to wrap up soon, but I have just this one final question for Molly because she said, I know money makes things worse, but I would like to not worry about it. What is your fear that money will make worse? Not that I'm like pro-capitalism, but just Um, curious what you meant by that. I would say uh, trying to be very democratic, working for a lot Mm. of different people, I have found the intricacies and complications that a certain level of wealth sort of inevitably brings about. Mm. Yeah. It's just like... More money, more problems. Exactly. I mean, it just... (laughs) I mean, you, I mean, you even look at, at things like then, you know, the kids have to go to some ritzy private school. It's like private school. It's like the the number of ways in which a massive amount of wealth, or not even that massive, the way just like a lot of money messes, just makes it harder mm-hmm. because there are more expectations or there are more perceived expectations. Yeah. And, there are relationships that should be ended but are not ended because of how much it would cost to end that relationship. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I do think that that's probably a good thing that I've <clears throat> been exposed to. I, it just, wow, money can really make things yeah. a lot more difficult. Mm. But mm-hmm. I would like um, I would like to maintain more than five cents in my savings account. Yes, queen. Yeah. Yes, yes, touche, touche, touche. There's got to be a happy medium. There's got to be, be a, a happy, happy medium. medium. And then, you know, relationship-wise, I would just like to get laid on the regular. That is know. exactly what we should all That, can, that oh. happens. It's happening. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. Oh, touche. Yeah, I just want to make sure we covered that, too, because... You know, on brand. Uh, listen, I wish you only the best in you so all much. aspects of your Thanks. vagina, inside and out. Oh. You got it. Okay. Oh, in all aspects of your vagina. Of it. Yeah, of it. <laughs> oh, I think meant in all aspects of her life. No, no, no. No, vagina. Okay. Vagina. <laughs> um, we covered it. <laughs> her show is the 25th at 9.30 at Joe's Pub. Tickets are online. You and your laugh might be on an album. Your laugh might be on an album. Your, there's your tears. There's not one, but... Two sing-alongs. No. And oh yeah, no. This is very important. Sorry. Okay. And then when when you leave, there is a sign-up sheet, and everyone who signs their name down in the liner notes will be credited as a backup singer. You come on. Who doesn't? Who's ever dreamed of being a backup singer? You can do that. Yeah. On the twenty fifth. Yeah. An audience with my. Oh, Trump. that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> There's hope for us all. Um, thank you so much yes. for coming to my apartment in its last year. You're welcome. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you. We love should, you. why don't we just, we should, so, I should just invite everyone. We should have some giant, would that be horrible having like 10 people on a podcast? It'd be horrible. We all, everyone, everyone should We'll come. talk about it off mic, but until then. <laughs> Touche, bitch. Touche. Touche. <laughs>